2019 is year 60 for the Twilight Zone, but it's also Twilight Zone year one for the new show that begins on the 1st of April. Tonight we're going to do our final coverage in the lead up to the new Twilight Zone and later on I'm going to tell you how you can get involved with that coverage and what I'm planning to do when we get there. But for now we have a new Twilight Zone trailer so I'm welcoming back an old friend of the show to talk it over with me. Who have I got with me tonight? Brandon Mattella. I just saw the trailer. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Is that a positive? I can't tell. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, Tom, my initial reactions, I was at work. I, I don't know. I think it was uh-huh. yesterday or two days ago. Um, I was at work. I saw the tweets. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's it was all CBS stuff. So I'm like, I bet you it's even going to be geo-blocked, so I can't even watch it. But there was no geo-blocking on the ad, so we could watch it wherever, which is great. And the mm-hmm. first time I watched it, Tom... The chills, I'm getting them again, talking about it, remembering, like the chills just went through my body and I was so excited. I'm like, this looks so amazing. And the chills stuck with me and I immediately ran into my boss's office and showed him the trailer because he's a Twilight Zone fan as well. And we watched Mm -hmm. the trailer together again. And, you know, this is exciting. This is so exciting. That trailer struck all the right chords, all of them. Well, this is kind of the second trailer, I guess, because we did have that Super Bowl one, which we, uh, which I discussed with our friend Brandy on the show. So what did you think of that one, just briefly before we get into this one? Uh, I thought it was interesting. I listened to your guys' coverage, and I, I also don't watch the Super Bowl. So, you know, I thought it was a, an interesting trailer, but it definitely didn't get me pumped like this mm. one did. Like, it was, a, it was a nice little teaser, but... This is the trailer that we've been waiting for here, so... Okay, well, uh, there's a few things to to kind of pick apart in this, and it's always a bit of a balancing act because, you know, I'm I'm not commenting on how other people cover things and how they should or shouldn't do it. This is just a personal preference. I don't like to break trailers down frame by frame too much, but there's certainly things that jump out at you in this then that you can't ignore. Damn it, that's exactly what I wanted to do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll find that balance, man. We'll find that balance. But, um, you know, we've been waiting for bits and pieces to come out, and something will come out like an episode title. Uh, There was the announcement about Nightmare at 30,000 Feet. And so we're building up what this new show is in our heads Mm -hmm. as we go and trying to find that shape. Now we probably know that better than we ever have but there's obviously still some questions to be answered. But one of the things I've noticed a lot in the reaction to it is people saying they wish it was in black and white. Now, what what are your thoughts on that? Could we have a black and white television show in 2019, um, have it be a successful show, not be too gimmicky? What, what do you think about that? Because it seems a few people were asking for it. Well, I, I myself, I'm a fan of black and white photography. And while I don't think it would have been absolutely necessary for this, I think it'll be nice if they do throw back to it every once in a while. I created a poll on Twitter, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago now. I'm like, do you think the new Twilight... Because we still haven't seen any images. Do you think the new Twilight uh-huh. Zone should be in color or black and white or what? Most people selected color. Um, uh-huh. You know, I go back to season four of... Uh, of Black Mirror, and they had that one black and white episode uh, with the mm-hmm. robot dogs, and it was really, really, really effective. But, you know, there there are a lot of people in the industry that really like black and white 
photography. And while I haven't seen it, um, I know that on the Blu-ray version of Logan, I, I mm -hmm. believe you can get a copy of the movie that's been like mastered for black and white. And I have, um, I'm not sure who directed that, but I have uh, Stephen King's The Mist directed mm -hmm. by Frank Darabont. And the Blu-ray version I have, uh, the second disc is in black and white and Darabont wanted that movie to be in black and white. So I think black and white can absolutely have a place in today's society. And I, I think the show would have been successful if it was in black and white. But, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's not like a, it has to be in black and white for me. I, but I do hope they have a couple here and there. I hope. I hope they honor that aspect of it, but it doesn't need to be every single episode for me. And it looks beautiful. Like the, the stuff that I've seen in this trailer looks very cinematic. So, yeah. yeah. I, I think for me, it, it wasn't a necessity. The necessity for me that it, it needed to be a high quality show in yeah. terms of the visuals. Now that 2002, 2003 show, man, you look at that, um, that remake they did of Eye of the Beholder and it, it looks cheap. It looks quite shoddy. I haven't seen it, yeah. It's, it doesn't look great. What was important for me was it needed to be a plush uh, quality production, which this is, you know, because that's what The Twilight Zone was back in the day. It, it was one of the best-looking shows on television, you know, and, and the black and white is part of the magic, and there is that quote from, I think, when I interviewed Arlen Schumer, he spoke about George Clemens, who said... I don't want to go to colour, it needs to stay in black and white. So I get that. But personally, for me, it was more important that it be a plush, good quality looking show, but also um, look at some aspects of the iconography, bring along certain things like Peel as on-screen narrator, you know, certain aspects of the iconography like the doorway and things like that. Remind us of the Twilight Zone in that way rather than just try and you know, completely ape the thing by right. by putting it in black and white. I'd like to address on that, like like for fans that that get hung up on stuff like that. So, like, what else should they do? Should they film it in four by three? Because that's how they used <laughs> to do the Twilight Zone. Should they film yeah. it on on uh, in mono audio? Because that's how the Twilight Zone was. You know, like mm -hmm. there there is the advancement of technology, and while there is still stuff out there that's black and white. You know, it, it's got to be right because we live in an age of color. Like when Twilight Zone started in 1959, they didn't uh -huh. have color photography. So it's not like it was a stylistic choice at the beginning yeah. to film it in black and white. They didn't have a choice. You know, they four by three was the format that they filmed everything in. That was this that they didn't have a choice. That's what they filmed in, you know. So uh -huh. um, I... I if you're going to get hung up on black and white, then you better get hung up on the aspect ratio and you better get hung up on the audio format as well. And in my opinion, all three things are silly to get hung up on. I think, though, saying that, I mean, to add to your list, I got uh, Mad Max Fury Road in black and white mm. as well, and that just looked absolutely stunning. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if on the Blu-ray they have a choice to view the episodes in black and white. I think that might be a nice compromise for people, you know? Mm -hmm. So if they do that, great, you know, fair enough. For the people out there, you, oh, just turn your color off. It, it's not like that because when uh -huh. it's when it's filmed and it's mastered in color, you can't just shut the color off because they, they process it differently and they adjust the contrast ratios differently for those black and white releases, right? Mm -hmm. They don't just, just take the exact same file and send it to you without color, 
There, there are changes that have been done to it. So, you know, you've got those other people that are going to give you that argument. We'll just turn off the color on your TV. Well, nah, that's not quite right either. Okay. So now the second thing I want to touch on is there are two specific things that jump out at me from this one. Uh, there might be more and may, there might be more that I've missed and maybe you picked up on. But there's two things specifically from the original show that we see in this trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what I spotted was the the creature from Nightmare at twenty thousand feet. It looked like in the, in the form of maybe a, a kid's toy or yeah. something. And there was also the Mystic Seer from Nick yes. of Time. So, I mean, we can only guess at this point. But what, you know, what do you think these mean in the context of this show? And you know, how do you feel about these kind of callbacks in it? Do you need them? Okay, so. If we're going to jump right into this, um, Mm -hmm. I had messaged Zach, and he said something in a tweet, our mutual friend Zach Moore, and he had said Mm -hmm. something in a tweet that I, not a tweet, sorry, a message back and forth that I absolutely agree with based on what I see in this trailer. And what I see in this trailer is that more than just these little callbacks, um, like I believe the whole season is going to have some underlying connection. Uh Uh-huh. Now, whether they're going to do episode by episode or if they're going to do something like the movie Traffic and okay. these will they will cut back and forth between different scenes, um, I think that at, by the end of the season, though, we're going to see a large picture, whatever that happens to be, uh, because of that number 1015 that we saw in the trailer. Right. Okay. So now how does that connect? Well, okay. I don't, I don't quite know how it's going to connect because seeing that thing as a doll, I'm like, okay, well that's, you know, we had tweeted with excitement when they said they're doing nightmare at 30,000 feet or whatever the number is. And the mm-hmm. guy tweeted back to us saying it's different. Well, this is really different because we got a doll. So not quite sure how they're going to go there with the mystic seer. We could just have an up and up remake of Nick of time. Right. But I think it's going to be more than that. And I think that they're going to, I think that any callbacks that they have to the original are going to be different, but just callbacks. I mean, like there was these, the kid riding around on the bike, you know, and I don't know if you saw it, but there was like a, Oliver was his name, right? And uh, Oliver for president, there was like a, a group of people around some hay. Like, I don't know if that's going to be some kind of callback to... Uh, the Cornfields episode. Uh, it's a Good Life. Yeah, It's a Good Life. Yeah, that I couldn't remember the title there for a second. I don't know if that's going to be some kind of callback to that, but that's what I immediately thought when I saw that one. You know, mm-hmm. so there, there's lots of fun things in this, and I think we're going to be seeing lots of fun Easter eggs throughout uh-huh. the whole season, whatever those end up being. I, these might just be Easter eggs, and I'm also okay with that. It's a balancing act, isn't it? Like anything, it's a balancing act. Because, you know, I don't need a character to walk into a store and say, hey, I just came in from uh, Willoughby down the road there, you know, and I, I parked my car 100 mm. yards over that rim. I'm uh, <laughs> here to see my uncle, uh, Mr. Dingle. He, You know, he's kind of strong. You know, I, I don't need them to, to lay it on so thick. Um, do you know what I mean? Mm. But if there's little smart sort of things here and there, I guess that doll will be in the episode, I'm guessing. And the Mystic Seer could just be in the background in a diner or something. It's it's so hard to tell at the moment, isn't I it? I would be okay with that. If that's just establishing shot, because we saw some scenes in a diner. So if that's uh-huh. all that that is, is an establishing shot, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you get that where it's like some close-up thing and then you zoom and then you cut to the where the door is and the guy walks in. You know, that would be homage enough for me. 
Yeah. Because yeah. this, they're showing us, we know the Twilight Zone. Like that uh-huh. thing looks exactly like the thing in the original Twilight Zone episode. You know, so yeah. I don't know if they just had to recreate the prop or if they found another one. I don't know if that thing was real in the first place or if it was made for the Twilight Zone. I don't know. But uh-huh. those kinds of things are are Easter egg enough for me to know that these are in the right hands. Now, as far as the, the whole being linked thing, um, I'm not sure whether you've read the J. Michael Straczynski run of Twilight Zone comics, the kind of miniseries. Did you check those out? No, are those the ones you covered with Zach? Uh, we we spoke about them, yeah. But yeah, I listened to the episode, but I haven't read them. No, it was a really great way of doing multiple Twilight Zone stories set in the same sort of universe. Mm-hmm. You know, they overlapped, and there was a very a greater sense of the the way the Twilight Zone imposes into people's lives. And I talk about this a, a lot on the show, as it being you know a, a kind of it is a tangible thing more than just being the title of the show. Mm. You know, the Twilight Zone is this all-encompassing or whatever it is. You know, we, we don't... The show should never specifically say what the Twilight Zone is, but I don't mind it sort of hinting at things and showing little bits and pieces like objects that are from the Twilight Zone, like a mystic seer and so on. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not 100% that these are all going to be linked, you know, possibly because of the numbers, but the trailer was so quick that it's hard to tell whether they're from different episodes or the same episodes, you know. Could you tell that? I got the impression of several different episodes in here, but again, that depends on whether or not they're given to us as an episode as a story or Mm. if they're going to be intercutting between multiple stories at the same time. Right. I'm not sure. Um, but I saw, you know, I saw the airplane one. I saw the cop in the diner. I saw the little boy. I saw yeah. the guy from The Walking Dead investigating something. It looked like an investigator to me. So, you know, I saw at least five or six things, mm-hmm. right, in this trailer that could be five or six different stories. I mean, we still don't even know how many episodes there are in the season, right? Well, I, I think there's 10. Okay. There's, I think there's 10. And I, I mean, I would be very surprised if they cut between uh, stories in, in one episode. I've got some episode titles. Um, I can read them. Is that going to be too much spoiler for you, or you're okay with that? Uh, as episode titles, no, that'll be fine. I mean, I know that we've got Nightmare at thirty thousand feet or twenty thousand feet already, right? Uh huh. What is it? Is it twenty or thirty? Because thirty's the movie, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's thirty thousand feet. This one. Okay, and the the TV show's twenty. Yeah, and the movie. I can't one... remember whether the movie's different or not. Now I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's my thing because we, you know, Zach's the Shatner one and I'm the Lithgow one, so they just keep adding ten thousand feet with each new version. It'll be in space in a few years' time. Nightmare at lunar orbit. <laughs> yeah. So um, okay, so the episode titles we know. Does rewind, and I think we can definitely see aspects of that in this trailer, can't we? Because there's a lady who's who's talking about, you know, she's went back or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then there's the Wonderkind or the Wonderkind, um, and I believe that's the one about the kid becoming president. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, then there's one called The Traveller. I don't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. And then there's Point of Origin. I don't know anything about that. And there's Nightmare at 30,000 feet. And to be honest, 
I'm happy with just knowing what I know at this point. I don't, I don't really want to know mm-hmm. any specific uh, plot details, but you can definitely pick out maybe a couple of things from those titles, can't you, from this trailer? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like the like you said, the Rewind, Nightmare at 30,000 Feet, we definitely got that. Point of Origin. Mm-hmm. I bet you those are probably the ones that we see in the trailer, though, right? So... I mean, Nightmare at Thirty Thousand Feet. I think features in the in the trailer quite a bit, mm-hmm. and and I think even from the, these little glimpses, we can see that it's just not a straight up remake, can't mm-hmm. we? Yeah, and it's probably the first episode. I, I would bet that that'll be the first episode that they're gonna because then they're they're gonna establish it right off the bat. Look, we're honoring the original, but we're making it different. Like they're that's gonna lay out the groundwork for the show right at the mm-hmm. beginning. So if they do episode by episode and they're all different stories, that'll be the first one, I think. Next up, the thing that I wanted to speak about is the glimpse of our narrator, which adds another piece to the puzzle. We all knew he was going to be host, but there was a question, is he going to do it off screen? Is he going to do it on screen? And I think this points to him actually being on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so what what do you think about this this Jordan Peele appearance near the end? I think that that's something that is vitally missing from the 80s Twilight Zone, right? Like, that is part of the show. They didn't always do it, right? Some of the early original ones, like, it wasn't until, like, the second or third season when Rod Serling second. started to appear on screen. But honestly, that's something very iconic with the show. I haven't seen the 2002 version, right? But that is something that I think is very missing from the Twilight Zone from the 80s. And I mean, even every episode doesn't have the narration for it and that's also something that's very missing from the 80s twilight zone and makes it feel a little bit off so um i'm really looking forward to it i think it's great that they're doing that because that's something that's needed 100 percent. i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more it's it is one of those unique selling points of the twilight zone now you know other shows did it at that time but no one did it like rod sailing Mm -hmm. and obviously jordan peele isn't doing a rod sailing impersonation but he is wearing the clothes. He's wearing the suit. And you've got to come into the Twilight Zone and see this person who holds... This is a person who holds all the answers. He might not tell you all the answers, mm-hmm. but he's certainly going to pose you the question. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you've got to have this idea that there's someone there and whether they're pulling the strings or just presenting it to you, you don't really know, mm-hmm. but they have to be there. So it was a really kind of welcome thing to see Jordan Peele just turning and looking over his shoulder like that mm-hmm. at the camera just magical stuff for me that mm-hmm. and it's almost like I don't know how to, I don't know I've got an idea for him in my head that I don't know maybe can help me fl- fill it out but uh it's almost like James Bond in, mm. in that you know if you want the James Bonds are the same person or if you want they are different people and James Bond is just the personality that uh-huh. you know it's the secret cover identity you could look at it either way and so it's almost like the host of the Twilight Zone it's the same thing it's like is this the same person now just with a different actor or is this is this somebody else in the Twilight Zone who's inhabiting this role at this time right mm-hmm. these could almost be like I, <laughs> these are ridiculous like this is just fan stuff right where okay so we've got <laughs> all these different hosts that are talking to all these different people at the same time, you know, like you could just turn around and there is Rod Serling, you know, right now we're focusing on Jordan Peele, but it's, everything is out of space and time. And so if I turned over here, here's Forrest Whitaker and over here, here's Jordan, uh, Jordan Peele over here, here's Rod Serling. And it's like all of it's happening at the same time. I don't know. It's just, that doesn't mean anything. It's just, what does it mean to you? 
Does that make any sense, or is that just ramblings? <laughs> Over in Australia, it's Paul Hogan, and he's going, "G'day, mate." <laughs> you know. <laughs> But no, I, I know exactly what you mean. It, it's that intangible sort of aspect of it that I really love. I don't mm-hmm. think they sh- should ever explain that, but I don't mind them sort of hi- just gently hinting at things like that. I mean, the other idea was that I've potentially always seen it like Doctor Who, you know, where the Doctor changes over the years and that the person who is in charge of the Twilight Zone changes over the years too. But I would never want to see a regeneration scene where, you know, Rod, Rod Sailing regenerates into the um, the guy from the 80s one who we never see, and then they regenerate into Forrest Whitaker. You know, I wouldn't want to see that. Mm-hmm. But I like your idea too, that it, it's all just there. You know, it's all happening. It's a multiverse. Some people might get visited by Rod Sailing. Other times it's going yeah. to be Jordan Peele. So yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Yeah, this is exciting. I'm a the tingles, the feels. Oh, it's awesome. I love feeling feelings, as Tilly says on Discovery. <laughs> so, okay. Any any other aspects of the trailer that you, you you think you need to get out that you want to talk about? Um, right off the bat, no. Like, I'm just, I'm super excited. And, you know, I, I just, I'm hoping that we get it. Like, I obviously, we're going to get it on some kind of streaming service. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what it's going to be. You know, in Canada... It's probably going to end up being Crave. Um, You know, the frustrating thing that I have with Crave, though, is that, like, with Star Trek Discovery, I have Crave simply to get Discovery. Mm. You know, on on Star Trek Discovery, I was like, oh, Canada gets it on air. You can watch it on regular TV. And it's like, yeah, but I don't have regular TV. Right. Right? I don't pay for cable. So I have to watch it on Crave. And in Canada, it's a full 24 hours before we get it on Crave. So everywhere else in the world has seen Mm. it. And is I got to stay off of social media for a full 24 hours. And I forgot about that yesterday. When, so I'm like, I, I open up my Twitter and bang, there's 50 spoilers for Discovery right there. I got to get used to that. And it's like, it's frustrating uh-huh. because in this age of digital, like what does anything even mean anymore with digital copyright? Like what's the difference of when I watch this episode? Mm-hmm. Why does it not have to be available in Canada for 24 hours? Like I can understand if they said 7 p.m. across the world, yeah, yeah. right? Well, then it's people are working. And so by the time they get home, like everybody's watching it at seven o'clock in their own time uh-huh. zone, right? If they, if they have to do something like that. But I mean, why, why is it 24 hours later for, for Canada? That just doesn't make any sense, you know? And I hope that's not like that for the Twilight Zone because I want to see it like right away and I don't want it spoiled because we're living in an age where people go on online and just give you the answer to the episode, like as soon as it airs. Yeah. And that's the last thing you want with the Twilight Zone, you know. Yeah. You don't want some twist revealed to you. But, you know, we're in the same boat, man. I'm over here in England, and it is kind of like... One of your main things is podcasting about Star Trek, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And for a while there, there was nothing new coming out, or maybe the the, the Kelvin Timeline movies. I, I can't recall when you actually started doing it. But you, you were kind of... You were like, well, that's fine. We're still here keeping the faith, you know? We're we're sort of keeping the show alive through our love of it and we're talking about it. And that's what we've been doing here on the Twilight Zone podcast for years as well. And now it's our time again. The Twilight Zone Mm. is coming back and it's so exciting, but I still don't know what it's going to be on over here. You know, Discovery was on Netflix. I'm hoping Netflix do the same with the Twilight Zone. The problem is Twilight Zone hasn't been on over here for decades, you know, and I don't know whether they think anyone even cares over here anymore, but it's worrying, man. It's worrying. So, you know, 
we're just going to have to see what happens when that time comes. See, this is also different in that it's a new show that CBS is pushing, and CBS is pushing it to be on their all-access service because they want cord cutters, right? And that's... Honestly, that is what's frustrating about the delay in Canada mm-hmm. with Crave is because I am a cord cutter. I am the customer that they are aiming at, right? And they are delaying my reception of this for some bullshit legal reason that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, what? why can't... Fine, uh, Bell Media and Space Channel have the rights to air it first. So put it on Crave an hour later. Like, what, like, put it on an hour after it airs on TV. Like, what the hell is the difference? Because people can record it on their PVRs and watch it whenever they want on, on space TV. Like, I just don't understand. I'm the cord cutter that they want. So for you, I believe that you're going to get it on Netflix because that's how CBS has dealt with it for their other media. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have, what is it, the Good Wife sequel i don't know what it is because i don't watch it is that on netflix in britain oh i don't know i'm not i don't know what that yeah i don't i don't know that show so but in canada i know that i'm gonna get it streaming i know your guys are gonna get it streaming you guys are gonna have it on netflix i'm i'm confident of that i and i'm confident that i'll get it streaming i just don't know if it's gonna be on crave or on on netflix and if it's on crave i'm just i just hope they don't have that stupid 24-hour delay again because that's so dumb so but I'm confident you're going to get it streaming, and I'm confident that I'm because CBS is investing in this project heavily. Mm-hmm. They they trust this. They trust Jordan, and they've been talking about it for what a year now. Yeah, yeah. They they are amped up and they're ready to go, and they have got all the faith. They've got the right person in place. They know what they're doing. I have no questions on this. I have no concerns. I feel better now. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> Thank you. Good. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Well, you know. I've kind of made the decision that that's where we're going to stay here in terms of our build-up to it because, you know, they may put out another trailer and if they do, great. But, you know, I've kind of made the decision that I'm going to cut it off here and the next time we talk about Twilight Zone 2019 uh, will be in the show itself unless other opportunities come up, which... We'll see. We'll see. There's potential. Oh, jeez. Because I, I have got Jordan Peele on the line right here, but if you don't want to talk to him right now, that's fine. Tell him I'll get back to him. No, you know, <laughs> if opportunities present themselves, I would be all over it, but we'll see about that. What I plan to do is when it goes live, the Twilight Zone podcast will go weekly. We will have a discussion format show with yourself joining me sometimes, I hope, Brandon and a couple of other friends, and we will, you know, discuss the episodes and so on. But I would like you, the Twilight Zone podcast audience, to get involved too. Now, I'm going to steal an idea from the network that you podcast on, Brandon, um, Trek FM. When Discovery came out, you you done this Mm -hmm. uh, Postcards from the Edge, it was called, where fans Mm -hmm. can put their thoughts about the episode that has just aired. Now, I'm not going to do it in exactly the same way. Mm -hmm. Um, My plan is that if you've watched this episode of The Twilight Zone and you want to get your thoughts on the show about it, then please record me a clip no more than four minutes long about what you think of that episode. And I will either put it at the end of the next episode or if there's enough, I will do it as a separate show. So I think it would be really great if there was like, you know, 10 or more listeners who watch the episode record their thoughts on a clip and then I will you know put them together in a show 
Now, I don't want to exclude anyone who would just like to write their thoughts down, but the problem is doing this show weekly is going to be quite a, a time constraint for me. I'm going to have to be pretty much on it all the time because it, it's not just it's not just about putting a Skype recording down and putting it out there. I like to make things sound good and edit them well and so on. So, Tom, Tom, let me just interrupt here and tell you what I'll help you out with. Go on. You know, if you want, I volunteer... Mm-hmm. That if people want to um, send in something written, okay, email Tom, and Tom, if you want to send that email off to me, I will record and I'll read and record theirs and send you an MP3 of it for anybody. I volunteer wow. while the live episodes are running because I want to help out and I don't want anybody uh, not involved. I volunteer to help you out with that. So um, we'll determine like a cutoff time, and I'll set aside an evening a week. And I'll say, you know, whatever it ends up being, I volunteer to uh, record those if anybody wants to send it in via email for you, Tom. Wow, what a nice nice thing to do. Team Twilight Zone. Thank you, man. That's cool. Yeah, you're welcome. That's even better now. So I've set aside a new email address. So take this down. It's going to be tz2019 at the twilightzonepodcast.com. So it's tz2019 at the twilightzonepodcast.com. So that's a mailbox for anything to do with that show. And I will keep putting that out so, you know, everyone is aware of it. Now, I still would like people to send clips in because I think that would be even better, a show with Brandon recording, you know, the written stuff interspersed with clips of people talk. And I think that could be something really quite special. So, you know, I will remind everyone of this when we're closer to the time and we'll really nail down what those... um, those details are but that's great thank you so much brandon for for volunteering to do that oh you're welcome man anything to help you out because i i honestly i love that i found your show i mean i found it i think it was 2016 that i found it and you know i i love what you've done and i champion what you do and i think you do a great job of the podcast a great analysis and and at you know at the risk of stroking each other's egos i mean it's one of the best produced podcasts out there i love it you know and anything that we can do to help make this a better show for the listeners Mm -hmm. i'm willing to help you out with because we want to make this the best better than it is we want to make this podcast better than it is because it's already amazing but together we can build this up and make it even better that's great thank you so much man thank you so much but you're welcome you're welcome and as well, it's it's an event for all of us. So yeah. now there's more ways for everyone to get involved. So, you know, that that's fantastic. Thank you so much, man. Okay, well, any parting thoughts before we go, Brandon? Is it April yet? <laughs> man, the time's going to fly by. The time will fly by. I'm sure it'll be, it'll be time. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll just be like kids at Christmas. But, uh, you know, I really can't wait. Thank you very much for for uh, helping me out here doing this. Because as soon as it aired, I texted you in all caps. I'm like, emergency podcast needed. Emergency <laughs> podcast needed. Ah. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on board, man. And uh, you know, you're a, an excellent podcaster yourself. So, what have you got brewing at the moment? Um, at, yes. So I, I'm still intermittently working on melodic tracks over on Trek FM, which is about the music of Star Trek. Um, I've got Warp Five, which we talk about Star Trek Enterprise. Um, we have the Good Evening podcast that I do with my friends Chris and Tom. Uh, that's all about Alfred Hitchcock films once a month. And uh, Zach Moore and I have a show called Franchise Fatigue, not franchise, franchise, where we cover all the films in a movie series. And uh, right now we're just, as podcasts go, we're 
we're just finishing up the Mission Impossible series, but um, we've already recorded our uh, first two episodes of the next series uh, for Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we're going to be doing uh, Toy Story and Jaws and Terminator this year. So, oh, and Godfather. Wow. Uh, so those are the those are the other series that we're going to be covering this year. Um, so we look at all the films in a in a franchise, and we we talk about each of the films independently, and it's a lot of fun. So uh, those are those are the main things that I'm working on. It is a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed the Mission Impossible ones. I was uh, I was watching along with that. That was really good, and I'm looking forward to Pet Cemetery too. So uh, okay, well we will speak to you again when Twilight Zone hits. What episodes you'll mm-hmm. be on for, we'll see. But it seems we'll probably be hearing from you every week if people get on board with this new yeah. concept. So that's great. That's absolutely great. Okay, so. I'm not sure how much you can tell from this recording. I've got a bit of a cold at the moment, which has made it a bit difficult to record the regular show because I like them to sound good. And when you're kind of uh, a bit sniffly, they don't sound great. So I've got a couple of episodes coming up that I think will be of interest, though. The next one is a bit of a loose kind of chat with a friend of mine that will probably go out a day or two after this. Her name is Barbie Wilde. She was uh, in Hellraiser 2. She played the female Cenobite and now she's a writer and so on. So she's going to come on, and we're just going to talk a bit about Twilight Zone and some other stuff. And then after that, I have an interview with uh, the producer of the Twilight Zone stage play here in London. So that's coming up after that. And then we'll probably have time to fit one, maybe two regular episodes in before we start our coverage. So we'll see how that goes. Man, it's all it's all going on in the Twilight Zone world at the moment. So uh, we will catch you next time. So thanks again, Brandon. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Um, thank you very much because I wanted to talk about it and get some of my feelings out there. And I, uh, oh, it's coming so quick. It's so quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have you, man. It's good to have you. So we will speak to you next time. Bye for now. Bye.